I feel like a lot of people do this thing, you know, they read something on social media or they watch a couple of YouTube videos and they have to immediately talk about it with other people. And I'm like, mm. yes, it's all important in, you know, in the bigger scope of things as humanity, as the world, as, you know, a country or as a generation. But do we really all want to spend two hours talking about <laughs> the new advancement of technology, of AI, of blockchain, of Apple computers of whatever all of those two hours can be used on something else like pick up the trash you know like go yeah, around take a walk take care of your physical health do we really all need to be so get a, get dog. a dog right you, do we really need to all be so caught up in everything and to make sure everybody around us is aware that they need to catch up as well like do we really need to create that kind of yeah. anxiety <laughs> Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. My name is Jason. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. Can using the same mug for many years save the world? Is a paper straw saving the oceans? With issues like violent crime, global warming, microplastics, moral decadence, and more, are we doing any good? If we spend hours reading the headlines, you might be so paralyzed by the bad that you give up on being good altogether. It's easy to become apathetic in the face of so much negativity. New mental health research suggests that eco-anxiety and doom-scrolling are making us too depressed to go green. What do you think, Alex? I absolutely agree because, um, <laughs> I mean, we can talk about how we look at this and what people think about this, but mm -hmm. I've seen people not so much about environmental protection, but when it comes to other topics that we deal with every day, including when, for example, when the pandemic first happened, my parents were my main target to stop from doom scrolling on the internet because they were, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, you know, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm simply telling them no matter how much you read or watch, no matter how many same news that you see, it's not going to change how you feel. And it's not going to change what reality is at this moment. Mm. at all which is more important so why bother yourself because they have gone so gloomy over reading you know <laughs> watching those videos and reading those articles and messages and they were they wouldn't enjoy not enjoy just have dinner regularly they would read on their phone and sigh you know they would sigh like 20 times and i'm like this is a little are you doing something about it if not let's not read so much about it i mean i feel exactly what you're saying but i also feel like I care too much and I care so much that it makes me not care enough. And I know that sounds really bizarre. And I think that's what I'm trying to get at is like, yeah, I care a lot. So I read the news like your parents and I care a lot about the environment. So I'm constantly aware of what I'm doing to the mm -hmm. environment when I turn on the air conditioner, when I have a new plastic disposable cup or something <laughs> sometimes. And I have I, right now this is this sound. Yeah, it's the same metal cup I've had for a couple of years that I use for my coffee every day. But sometimes I'm just like, I want a tea and I don't want to have to go home and uh -huh. use my own cup or whatever. So I order stuff and how I justify that in my head when I'm yeah. or when I'm online and I'm ordering something that's going to pop up 30 minutes later, a nice cold tea or something. I'm thinking, well, you know, the ocean's already full of plastic. <laughs> One more cup's not going to, yep. you know, change everything. And I think it's because we see the extent of how bad it is. It yeah. you feel helpless and that helpless feeling of how bad it is makes you think mm. that there's nothing you can do anyway so why try super hard and i think that that is a problem because we need people to not order that plastic cup full of tea and i think the over inundation mm. with how bad it is see i think if, you, if you're like greta thunberg right you really care about how bad the environment is you're one of these super environmentalists i think pushing the population really really hard all the time is making people less environmentally friendly in some cases because mm. oh my gosh we're just doomed anyway why well, i might as well have like my cup of tea and my disposable plastic cup yeah because well 
well, the world might not even be here in 100 years the way it sounds on the news. Like you go so far, you convince yourself that the end is near. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pointless to do anything about it because we're doomed to anyway. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And it's also like, you know, not to make light of people who are very, very wary about the environmental risks we're facing. But we all know people who get into this dark hole of doom scrolling that will spend hours every day mm -hmm. watching these news. But oh, yeah. hey, may I suggest those hours can be put into actually doing something about what you care about, <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, I think there's also balance. I think we should be aware, but I think we should not be over aware. I think that um, yeah. wherever you're getting your media, you know, if you're an old person, like, you know, I guess a boomer and you're watching television, or if you're a young person and you're watching TikTok or you're my age in between and you're on Twitter, like X. wherever you are on the <laughs> spectrum, right? Yeah. Wherever you're on the spectrum of getting your news, there is a finite amount of news that you, I mean, there's, a, you should not push yourself too hard. Mm. Hopping on and finding out what's going on today and maybe even leaving a comment and then popping off is way more healthy than spending the afternoon worrying about every single issue from war to famine to yeah. disease to like all geopolitics and like the environment all of these things that are outside of most of our control to a large extent. exactly because most likely after we spend hours doom scrolling and, and this is the thing i don't know if you can relate jason but when you are trying to find things trying to find information on the internet about certain topic mm -hmm. honestly most of articles that come up especially if that's something that's more timely most of the articles that you see are more or less the same and then you will start to try to read more and more and more you're like there's got to be some new information <laughs> and then you'll find like you know 20 articles later there's one article that said something that's vaguely different at the end and then you will share that with people that you think also who also care about this cause and before you know it like it's not just a couple hours it could be a couple days actually and you become and then especially if you want to compose about it write about it yourself as well and then you contribute into this giant pile of very very similar informations with moderate <laughs> personal interpretation on the topic and you really i think it's very consuming that process really stops you from living your life or helping mm -hmm. do something with the cause oh, yeah. you're listening to the bridge Okay, let's take some events around the world, for example. I don't want to use ones that are too hot. So okay. let's just theoretically say there is a government somewhere in the world where there was recently a uh, coup d'etat and they've overthrown their government. And you're fascinated by this. That's great. You know, learn about it. Mm. But don't become so obsessed that you're worried about what's going to happen. That There's literally nothing that you can do to affect the outcome of whatever's happening. There. Yeah. So like after you find out the basics... Go for a walk in the park. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like, go live your life. Go do something, you know, that's going to make you happy. Like, obsessively, I think for Americans, you know, as an American, I feel like my personal experience is late at night, <laughs> hours on the Internet. This is what Americans are doing. They start worrying around nine or ten o'clock and then they're on the Internet until one or two staying up way later than they should, obsessing over things that are happening around the world that are outside of their control. Now, yeah. Alex, you point out we can do something. So, yeah, a paper straw. Sure. If when and when and if you can do things like that, like uh, going to the grocery store with your own container and getting things. Yeah, sure. Fantastic. If you can do that, not using a plastic cup, bringing your, you know, yeah, reusable cup to, you know, your favorite cafe or whatever. Go for it. But like, don't go nuts <laughs> and don't, you know, don't push everyone around you and your family to go nuts, because that's another thing that can happen when you become obsessed with stuff that's going on around the world. You start forcing other. No, didn't you realize X, Y and Z? And then you're pushing this craze onto those around you. Yeah, I personally will be very, very repulsed by a conversation like that. If someone <laughs> comes to me like, don't you know? Um, yes, I know. But also I need to do things within my capabilities and I'm doing the best of it. Like I'm, if the best I can do is to just not buy too many cups of coffee because I'm constantly on the road and it's not really convenient for me to carry a mug with me, then I'm doing the best by not by only drinking two coffees a day instead of like six coffees a day, you know? So understand people because when you try to convince quote unquote other people after your over consuming of media you're actually kind of pushing on 
somewhat of an unreal, like unrealistic agenda on other people's life, whose life consists of other things other than just doom scrolling. You know, I'm not saying mm. I don't want us to sound like we don't approve of people who are oh, like very <laughs> concerned about environment or other events. You know, but there is a difference between acting on your own behalf. And pushing other people's limits to just make you feel a little less guilty.、Mm. Well, you know, I absolutely do think you keep mentioning that we can take action as opposed to take in additional information. I think that's important. You know, if you care about the environment, and most of us should, it's a very serious issue. Then you know, do what you can, and maybe donate to some of your money to a good cause,、mm. or you know, go to events where people actually take action. You know, I'm not talking about throwing tomato paste on a painting. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're listening to the bridge. Okay, so I want to read a little bit from this article: Doom scrolling and screen time. Do you need a digital detox? A, a topic we've kind of talked about before. Yeah, this is by Allison Krug. MPH. I don't even know what that means.、Uh, June twenty. 20- National Public Health. I think. Oh, M M with an M M M M. Oh, MPH. Yeah, MPH. That's miles per hour. I don't know. <laughs> June twenty eighth, twenty twenty three. Hey, Allison, if you hear this episode, please email us at we love the bridge at gmail dot com and let us know what that stands for. So, in this article. At healthnews.com, it says some personality traits cause more vulnerability to a crisis, triggering the need for constant information and reassurance as a coping mechanism. So it seems like some people are have a special disposition、mm. to doom scrolling, which I do. You know, I do this. This is something I'm guilty of often. People who know my Twitter account know that I'm on there probably way too much.、Mm. But it also this is a fairly new term for you people trying to be hip doom scrolling, and it's character. By frequent scrolling through social media apps, so it's not just the news, guys, and news feeds for information about crises or tragedies. So this can be your Instagram, this can be your TikTok. It does, it, you know, some people go on TikTok and they're like my wife, and she's watching like people <laughs> doing elegant, beautiful things and kittens and puppies. That's not doom scrolling, yeah. Although it might be excessive if you if you're doing that more than an hour a day, yeah. But other people are. On there more than an hour a day, and they're not watching kittens and puppies. They're watching like some flood or like you know a fire in Canada, for example. So these, it's apparently these big five personality traits: neuroticism, extroversion, agreeableness,、mm. conscientiousness, and、mm. openness to experience may provide insights regarding how personality affects our digital life. So depending on how you weigh in on these different personality traits, might. Make you more vulnerable to this kind of media frenzy, where you're over concerned for your fellow man, which is a wonderful thing. Fellow human beings may be causing you to excessively take in information. Again, like Alex said,、mm-hmm. the solution isn't spending five hours learning about what's going on. The solution is maybe, hey, there was a flood. Great, pack up some of your old clothes or go buy some new clothes, pack them up, and send them to the victims of that flood. That's going to be time better spent than learning about. Every single part of that tragedy, exactly, and then be angry at how they responded or not responded, how people listened to authorities or didn't listen to authorities. You know, all of that emotions ended up kind of just hurting your own body instead of really helping anyone in the situation or anyone that's even watching the situation unfold. Oh, also, I just confirmed the looked up. We don't want to,、mm-hmm. you know, leave that unopened. It's Master of Public Health. Oh, ma- Master of Public Health. Wow, that's fancy.、Yes. Fancy. Okay. <laughs> well, in terms of Doom scrolling and digital detox. Now we've talked about this before, but I think we can return to it a little bit here. Digital detox,、yeah. in the official form that it originally meant, was going away from your digital life, like literally going camping without a phone, or like going to a resort,、mm. like literally going somewhere away from technology. And a lot of of wealthier families or upper middle class, they send their kids、mm. for the summer to like camps to get them away from their cell phones, so they come back. And they have skills like I don't know,、yeah. telling north and south, and like being able to start a campfire and and stuff like that. But you can do this in your daily <laughs> life too. So you could do okay. Right now, I am addicted to. I don't want to name any particular social media platform, but I'm addicted to social media platform X. <laughs> oh wait, there is one. I'm, I'm addicted to social media platform Y. So you know, if you're spending three hours a day on Y, then cut. You could do one of two things. 
cut it out of your mm. life completely for a That's week. It's going to be very, very hard. You know? Oh, you're going on vacation for a week. Yeah, you're going on vacation for a week. Send a message. Hey, guys, you know, all of the people I think really matter on this platform that I'm friends with. I'm not going to be on social media platform. Why? I'm taking a break. Mm. Most people will say, great, good for you. I've actually seen people do that. And so they're like, oh, OK, great. Good for you. And then just don't go, you know, turn that off. Delete the app from your phone and go on vacation. When you come back, maybe you'll have a healthier relationship with it. And the other one is just slowly cut back screen time until you have it down to a minimum that's i've tried both <laughs> what do you think alex i no, i've really tried because i found myself oh, just tried. kind of overly uh -oh. stuck to my phone <laughs> and and i'm on the verge of calling it addiction because i would watch short videos on my phone or like kind of like repulsively check the mm. uh, compulsively check the apps and the messages in the groups even though some groups you are you already muted and some groups you minimize but you still want to go check like the, all of these functions basically mean nothing to you it's just a delayed action and to a point where it hurts my eyes like my eyes literally feel like they're bulging a little bit and they hurt but then I was like, still trying to, mm -hmm. okay, I won't watch short videos. Then I'll put on like some TV episodes mm. on my phone app or I'll play a quick game. So I think I spent too much time on my phone. So I've tried to say, okay, I'm trying to cut Douyin or TikTok out of my life. And now on my new phone, I don't have Douyin, but guess what I'm watching? I'm watching WeChat channels all the time. <laughs> so I've tried that and I've tried to use the prompt on your phone every week. It tells you how much screen time you used in the previous week. I try to use that to, to encourage myself to use less screen time, but to a point where I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the time that I use my phone the least is when I'm recording with Jason. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I feel so you're honored. Well, what about when you're sleeping? <laughs> There's that, too, I guess. Yeah, I put podcasts on. If we can talk about personal stories for a moment. I actually yeah. was not a person who had this challenge prior to about a year and a half or two years ago. Oh, lucky you. For 10 years, when I moved to China, I stopped using Facebook. I was just like, forget this. 2012, I'm not going to go on Facebook or whatever. I don't even, I'm not even sure if Instagram existed. Mm. But all of the media that- It just started. Yeah, all mm. the media that existed at that time, I was just like, I quit. And I moved to China and I began living in the real world, which was extremely- healthy and I felt very happy about it and it was wonderful mm. and occasionally I would read the news or see something on TV but that was it just very tiny bites but then I began moving into media as a career mm. and now I'm on social media I don't know six seven eight hours a day Easily. but it's not I don't feel like I am addicted. I feel like I'm doing it because it's part of my career. You know, I need to be engaged mm. across the spectrum of platforms. But if tomorrow I retired, I would easily be able to cut down to like 30 minutes a day where I was just maintaining my presence enough to still be relevant, mm. but not like obsessively relevant to the point where it was like a paying kind of thing. So I actually don't feel like I do want to know what's going on in the world. Sure. But I also feel like I can find out what's going on in the world in 15 to 30 minutes by reading three or four articles a day and about 20 headlines. OK, I'm done. That would be enough to have a general idea about the basic things happening in the world today. Yeah. And you know how a lot of people are not doing that and they're reading a lot of negative news and they say, oh, the world is such a horrible place now. The world is decaying. It's actually. <laughs> not because it has been happening for centuries or even millennia we just didn't know about it we don't read about it because you know if you read history enough then you actually would have a more balanced view mm. when it comes to whatever that's going on in this world and the like media is kind of pushing that all to our face it has kind of falsely enlarged our immediate environment and you feel like everything's right in front of you everything's happening right now it's been the case like that for a long time we just didn't read about it mm. yes i have a couple of things to add to what you said. Statistically, since the end of World War II, mm. the amount of people who have died as a consequence of war has never been lower. It's actually, yeah. yes, there are wars. There are terrible things that happen and millions of people die on every few years from war. However, as a total percentage of the population of the world, mm. since World War II, it has dropped off just 
insanely low. Mm. Like from World War II previously, the amount of people that were dying in wars periodically for the last several hundred years as a part of recorded history was insanely like just way higher than it is now. Yeah. So actually, yeah, things in terms of the total population of the world, which has increased a lot. So that's part of the statistical reality there. Like things are better. However, I would like to say that, yes, and on behalf of all of the environmentalists listening, that's something that does seem to be getting worse. And in fact, the Beijing floods are kind of showing that because this is not normal that this has happened where Beijing Mengtogo has received an enormous amount of flooding, which is rushing south to the Dashing airport to the point where the tarmac is covered in mud mm. and planes were not not able to land and take off. So yes, there are in the fires in Canada, the fires yeah. becoming greater length of time in California. It does seem like the environment is getting worse. So we need to be like, again, balanced about it. Like, yeah. yes, we need to be aware. Yes, we all need to take personal accountability. Yes, the governments and, you know, corporations should also be doing their part, which they're not. You know, we need to be informed, but also not become obsessively mm. informed. You know, just if you go and learn about every single square acre of like land that has been like bulldozed to grow more, <laughs> uh, you know, beef and cattle, you like that's not going to change the fact that it's happening. What can do is stop eating some kinds of foods or encourage your family politely to uh, not eat certain kinds of foods. Yeah. So like there's that. I think uh, there is a lot of proof that shows that yeah. the consumption of beef is hurting the earth and that if we ate thing more things like, well, a more vegetarian lifestyle or more chicken, that kind of thing, it will actually slow the environmental catastrophe that is unfolding. Yeah. listening to The Bridge. The UN seems confident that we can do this thing called 1.5%, although uh, the UN Secretary Guterres came out recently and was very vibrant in his uh, denunciation of the continued use of fossil fuels. And the transition is something that is undergoing, though. I, you know, <laughs> now it's interesting. The, China is building four times as much solar as the United States, just as one category of energy yeah. uh, production. But I don't think that is a thing we need to wave wag our finger at the United States for not doing enough because mm. the population of China is also four times greater than that of the United States. So actually, I think both China and the United States are building out their renewable energy platforms at a relatively the same speed that is true. Uh, for each of their populations. And I feel confident that both the United States and China will all be able to meet the goals that they have set for themselves in terms of uh, mm. becoming carbon neutral by 2050 and 2060, respectively. So Will that be enough? I don't know. It's a challenging thing. But we are, you know, as a civilization, starting to deal with that. So I don't think people should be like mm. too obsessed with uh, climate change. I think it's important for us to take action, but I don't think it's healthy to obsess over it. And I think that's the difference. It's do something, but don't lose your mind over it, essentially. Yeah, that's kind of the point. I think it's even OK to be obsessed, be obsessed that you carry out a completely different lifestyle. You know, there are people who are doing the mm. no waste challenge uh, all the time, like a week. They try to just produce a jar mm -hmm. of garbage. And it is really, you know, when you do something like that on social media, when people see that inspiring, it's shocking. First, there's a huge shock factor to it, because when you see how easy it is to produce waste, you realize, oh, my God, I am a garbage machine. I am <laughs> producing bags of trash every day mm. and seeing how hard it is for other people to maintain their lifestyle to do that makes you think maybe there's something I can do in my life as well. But you can't take that video and say, I'm going to live that lifestyle all the time because that's why they're doing a weak challenge of that style because they can't live like that for too long either. It's just because we're all a tiny unit of what the society has been built up to. And this is just part of how we exist as human beings. So be a little bit aware. And if you want to do like that, that's totally fine. But I think the key is not to be upset over that. There are a lot of people that became just very negative, very sad. So be obsessed, not upset. Yeah, you can't be obsessed. That's fine. You know, there are people... I have friends who read about like exactly what you just mentioned, how 
consuming too much meat product is really harmful for the environment. Of course, there's like animal cruelties mm-hmm. and they really wanted to be about that. So they became vegan themselves, mm-hmm. but they never, they have never, ever, ever tried to even say mm-hmm. you shouldn't eat this or you shouldn't do this. The most they've done is to say, if you have time, watch the documentary and then I want to know what you think. That's it. Outside of that, they don't you know, guilt trip anyone. They don't blame anyone else. And they just enjoy life as much as we do. So they are obsessed with what they think they can do for the world, but they're happily so. Yeah. Well, that's what that, those are very valid points, Alex. Thank you for giving context like that. I would also like to say, and I know this seems irresponsible. I met someone about seven years ago. Mm. He was a philosophy major. He was in Beijing for a couple of years before he went back to England. Mm. And I was at that time extremely concerned as I am now, but maybe excessively and upset about environmental problems. And I thought, we're doomed. You know, apocalypse is nigh. We're all going to be destroyed. Mm. And he said, you know, I feel the same way, but I also think that technology can account for a lot of things that we don't see yet. Like the Green Revolution allowed us to have billions more people on the planet than it was capable of providing for Mm. prior to that, Jason. And he also pointed out that there are new technologies coming out all the time that are really still very small scales. But if they needed to be scaled up quickly, they could Mm. be. And so I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. And since then, I've been on the lookout for those. So I just want to point out to give some optimism about our environment, a couple of technologies that do exist on a small scale that could be scaled up. And we've talked about them very briefly in the past. So In Yunnan province in China, scientists from all over the world have been harvesting various kind of very special Mm. fungi, you know, mushrooms and cousins of mushrooms. And apparently Yunnan has more varieties of fungi than most of the rest of the world combined. And so (laughs) some of these fungi can do amazing things that technology built by humans could not do, including consume plastic and then excrete biodegradable material, essentially excreting stuff that can become soil Mm. within weeks. So there is the possibility that instead of just giant garbage dumps where there's a hole in the ground and you just dump all the plastic in there and then bury it. And they never go away. Yeah, and it it doesn't go away for thousands of tens of thousands of years. You could actually have a giant facility where there's fungi growing on plastic and you dump the plastic in and then... And they eat the plastic. And it turns into soil. Then you ship this this rich soil back out to farmers who grow perfectly, you know, healthy, normal food. And we could even Mm. find ways to use these fungi in the oceans or... We could reharvest the plastics from the oceans and bring them to these kinds of facilities. And it may take Mm. decades or centuries to fix that kind of problem, but there are already people who are trying to increase the capacity for removing plastic from the ocean. And bringing that back to shore to make things like bricks. Like, for example, there's an Indian company that is takes plastic and garbage basically from the ocean and from the land and is able to make bricks that can be then used in homes. So that's a reuse. Mm. And then in terms of taking carbon out of the atmosphere, there are all kinds of new technologies. Plus, there's an amazing technology known as a tree. So this tree, you put a seed in the ground and add water, it just miraculously grows. And these things can actually hold carbon from the atmosphere. No, I know. I've also read that even if we planted three trillion trees, which is unrealistic, it still wouldn't be enough to take out all of the carbon from the atmosphere. So I know a lot of people who know this subject are listening, thinking, ha ha, but but Jason, so I wanted to add there, but but, you know, there are other ways for for us to take that carbon out Mm. of the atmosphere and we can scale those up if it's it becomes necessary. Yeah. And we are developing more solar and we're developing ways to process batteries. I mean, new technology is coming out all the time. And there are more engineers and STEM majors in the world today Mm. than ever before in history. And it's only expected to triple by 2030. So Mm. maybe, just maybe, everything will be okay. Or at least from what we can control. (laughs) You know, I think (laughs) it's really the ultimate goal is I had this conversation very, very early on. I think this was like 20... 18, if not earlier, it might be even 2012, around those times when kind of movements and organizations of environmental protection started to really bud and get really, really popular. And people feel like they're doing something good when they are involved in these kind of causes and advocacies. And I was talking to my mentor who worked with a lot of environmental protection organizations, public health organizations, very, very smart guy. And I remember I was kind of saying, hey, let's not 
not use this plastic bag. Let's just carry it with our hands or whatever, or let's not use the straw. I want to just drink straight from the cup. And he said, why? I said, because I watched the video of people pulling the straw out of that little turtle's nose and his nose was bleeding. I was like, I want to save the turtles. And then he said, as much as you're going to hate what I say, I still need to tell you that the real... It's good that people want changes in their life, in their surroundings, and you can make those changes yourselves. But the real changes are only going to happen when there's institutional change. If big corporates and the government decide to step up, decide to push something or crack down on something, that's when the real change can happen. Grassroots movement are great, but Mm -hmm. he said, realistically, it's not going to make a huge overhaul of something. And it's not saying that, you know, grassroots movements can't bring about changes. They absolutely can. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking about an overhaul, something like plastics that has been used by every single person on this planet, then that takes more than just, you know, a grassroots movement. It takes a combined effort from the grassroots movement, from people's awareness, and more importantly, from the policymakers and decision makers in the financial and political sectors. Well, we're certainly not going to solve this problem on this show today. But in terms of doom scrolling, I have another article here that I'd like to, because this, I think, Mm. I think people are becoming literally mentally unhealthy as a consequence of, you know, social media is almost brand new, really. What is it? A couple decades old? If you think about it, yeah, yeah. it's really. This is like all very new. I mean, the news has been around for centuries, Mm -hmm. maybe even millennia, depending on how you look at it. Exactly. But in the digital form, news has only been around for decades, too. And social media has only been around for a couple decades. So this, these are new problems that we're dealing with. And people in our families may actually become mentally unhealthy as a consequence of their overuse. I mean, you used to get a newspaper on Sunday. Mm. You read your newspaper. Maybe you were a slow reader. An hour or two at the most, you're done. Okay, that's it. <laughs> now people can yep. have access to every newspaper on the planet. And you have access to translation technology so you can literally read any newspaper on the planet. Yeah. I mean, if you pay, I guess there's still uh, some of them have to pay for it. Anyways, this is the dark end of the tunnel. Yeah. Doom scrolling on social media news feeds. This is from Technology in a Time of Social Distancing by Bhakti Sharma, Susanna Lee, and Benjamin K. Johnson. Mm. So this is actually a study on TBM. Dot APA Open. APA is the American mm. Psychological Association, I want to say. Yeah, psychological. Is that the right word? Okay. So abstract, doom scrolling refers to a unique media habit where social media users persistently attend to negative information in their news feeds about crises, disasters, and tragedies. So this article goes on to basically say, you know, this is a mental health issue. This isn't just like, ah, ha, ha, dad watches the news too much, or mom has been on social media until 2 a.m., so that's why she's not awake. No, mom has a mental health disorder now, and we need to help mom get away from the computer so she's not up until 3 or 4 in yeah. the morning obsessing over what's going on all over the world. <laughs> we need to help our, you know, our family members and our, the people around us and ourselves realize that these behaviors are not healthy and we need to de-escalate the amount of time that we're spending on social media. So they tried to measure this in the study. And at the end, it says doom scrolling is frequently described in popular accounts as having negative Mm. reciprocal relationships Mm. with and thus correlations with positive effect and well-being, meaning it's bad for you. Mm. And focusing on negative information can be detrimental to a sense of physical and mental well-being. So you may actually feel sick and yet may be sought out because of low or threatened states of well-being. So people who are obsessed with it may actually have pre-existing conditions of feeling threatened Mm. or feeling that their well-being is not healthy. So maybe the reason grandma is on social media for five hours isn't because of just because of what's going on in the media, but her, Mm. she may actually already have pre-existing mental health disorders, which give her disposition to obsess over it. And it's compounding that effect. So maybe sit down with grandma and make sure she feels loved and appreciated and okay. Maybe she'll spend less time on social media. And also, hey, grandma, maybe it's 
it's not okay for you to spend five hours on social media every night. Maybe mm. could you cut down? Do you want to play checkers with me? Yeah. <laughs> like trying to squint your eyes. That's what my mom does. She squints her eyes like really tight because, you know, her eyesight is not as good as before. And she still tries to read something from her super bright phone all the time. And I'm like, mom, it's actually hurting oh, your eyes a lot. And then she complains about, oh, I'm not being able to. I'm not making fun of my mom. I want to make that clear. But, you know, she complains about, oh, I, I can't see. I can't see the fine prints on things literally uh i was like mom if you try not to spend too much time on your phone maybe it'll help but you have a very very valid point i found that through personal experiences when they are kind of caught up in this kind of doom scrolling and reading all of this negative news is going to give you bring you anxiety and we have discussed this before that anxiety and other negative emotions alike can actually bring physical reactions it actually hurts your health for real it's not just a feeling that just magically goes away it affects how your body works as you know a machine and they really will make you feel worse physically or even make you sick mm. so when i see my parents especially my mom trying to kind of feeling like you know she's feeling really low i just kind of you know inch over to her and be like uh what am i having for dinner can i have this actually i want to have this and i'll actually make this can you help me and then she goes and then you she you see her perks up immediately she perks up immediately and she's like oh yeah sure and then it's like she forgot about everything she had just read and i'm like you know maybe that's one of the tactics to just kind of pull them back to reality with something that's more um immediate and a little bit more uh, practical and then interaction with your family members usually would help stop them you know reading too much on for example what's causing high blood pressure <laughs> oh, yeah. you're listening to the bridge You know, there's another term that's fairly new to me. Mm. Uh, I guess it's a little older for all of the people who have been on social media a lot more years than me. FOMO. So fear of missing out. I think a lot of people who are in media groups that are oriented around political or, you know, social topics feel like if they leave their group, they will become irrelevant. And so I think that makes people afraid of stepping back from social media because they're like, well, if I take a week off. Are people going to remember that I still matter in this conversation? <laughs> and so I think, you know, it's important if you're going to take a break to just, hey, everybody, I've had a too much lately and I'm going to be stepping back for a while. Or I've been on or just mm. tell everyone, hey, guys, I'm going to be here, but I'm not going to be here as much mm. because, you know, I'm going to be spending more time at the park or whatever. So I think that, you know, people who are feel that their presence on certain issues on media are really important. You know, maybe it, that's true. You know, maybe in fact, mm. you're, you're the people around you depend on your insights. Yeah. But there's another way to do that, you know, and I'm going to give you some tips that I use. Okay. I, I do this when I'm taking a break from Twitter. Mm. So I, it looks just like I'm on Twitter all the time. So I looked at when are my tweets, you know, most getting the most traction. And I found those four little bubbles during the day mm -hmm. in which I get the most traction. This is easy to find. You can use apps to do it, or you can just look at what, you know, mm. track the results yourself. Then come online, read a little bit, post something, five to 10 minutes, leave, come back many hours later, mm. do the same thing. Mm. If you do that three or four times a day, mm. you still know what's going on. Mm. You're still part of the conversation. You're still getting all those likes that you enjoy, but you don't have to be on there for hours a day. So sometimes when I feel like taking a break from Twitter for a week, I will do it this way where I appear to be online a lot, but I'm actually only on for less than an hour that day. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel a lot better. And then maybe I come back and then it's time to get a little more interest into it. So there are ways mm. to avoid FOMO and still be relevant and still be aware of what's going on. You just have to limit yourself to small pockets of interaction. But you know, the hardest thing for a lot of people is when they start, it's hard to stop. Mm. Mm, so yeah, yeah, yeah. They get on there and then they're like, what's going on? Oh, I have to comment on every person who's commented on this. And then, oh, wait, there are <laughs> trending topics. Let me read about yeah. 200 tweets about in all of them. They may be changing the name from tweet to something else. I'm really curious because, you know, <laughs> Twitter too. tweet I, X. Why? <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I don't care at all at all. But I see people going nuts. People who I thought were not 
obsessed with little things like this that were, you know. Oh, they are. Well, there's a lot of people they're like talking about geopolitics and like all these global issues and they have PhDs and suddenly they just flip out. How dare you change that bird to an X? And it's like you like who cares? Like, it's just a bird. Come on. Oh, exactly. I feel like a lot of people do this thing. You know, they read something on social media or they watch a couple of YouTube videos and they have to immediately talk about it with other people. And I'm like, Mm. yes, it's all important in, you know, in the bigger scope of things as humanity, as the world, as, you know, a country or as a generation. But do we really all want to spend two hours talking about the new (laughs) advancement of technology, of AI, of blockchain, of Apple computers, of whatever. All of those two hours can be used on something else. Like pick up the trash, you know, like go around, take a walk, take care of your physical health. Do we really all need to be so... Get a dog, dog, right? Do we really need to all be so caught up in everything and to make sure everybody around us is aware that they need to catch up as well? Like, Do we really need to create that kind of anxiety. I want to say another thing. I don't know how it works in other algorithms, but if you're Mm. on Twitter and you're tweeting about everything that doesn't matter, like Mm. just every single thing, the algorithm doesn't like you. And you're not going to do well. Mm. If you post like 20 things a day, most people will not get away with that unless it's a paid account. So, you know, if you can't mm. just comment on every single thing that doesn't matter. If it doesn't matter, who cares? Like, yeah. let it go. OK, I want to read a little bit more, just a tiny bit from this study. Mm-hmm. There's one more sentence I think is really important to point out. Yeah. So it says, moreover, doom scrolling had small. So it's not too big, but small negative relationships with conscientiousness, Mm. self-control, and positive affect, Mm. meaning you become a douche if you do scroll too much. Okay, a little bit. So, you you know, maybe you're like, the world's coming to end, mom. I don't have to pass the peas or whatever, like, you know. Yeah. So actually doom scrolling can be, can negatively affect the way that you begin treating other people. Yeah, that's the thing. It's really important that this is pointed out at the study because you, I don't know if you've been in that, in those kind of conversations. Like, you know, for example, Jason and Alex meet on a day where Alex has spent five hours reading or watching videos about people from different part of the world, let's say abusing animals is a little too heavy, right? Let's say that they are just dumping everything in the water. And then Jason just Mm. takes up, be like, hey, Alex, do you want a bottle of water? And I'm like, how can you use plastic bottles? And Jason will feel like, what did I do? I'm just trying to take care of you. I'm trying to be friendly and give you a bottle of water. But because I've consumed, Mm. I can't think of an exact uh, moment, but I've definitely had those moments in my life where I'm just trying to be kind of (laughs) You know, an ordinary person doing kind things or just being happy about stuff, but they are in an absolutely just completely doomed mood and they didn't welcome any of that kind of emotion or actions. So I back off. At the end of the study, it also offers solutions. One of them is what we were already talking about, cutting back. But it says second, other than what you can do personally, mm. is it and it suggests that those it literally quote, those who manage news organizations and social media news algorithms should spend more time thinking about how to balance negative with positive news, end quote. So the my first thought when I read this was like, ha, huh, that's not gonna happen. But actually the more I think about it, if you're controlling an algorithm and people are obsessed with the news, throw some kittens in there. It's not going to make people leave the platform. People love kittens. Mm. So, I mean, you know, there are ways to actually keep people on social media platforms and keep them using your device without feeding them apocalyptic news that about the end of the world. So maybe news organizations first, they do an article about some very serious issue that Mm. they want to inform people about, but it's okay to do that puff piece about, you know, the local park is renovating the library or something. That's okay too, you know? That's important for people to see positive things happening in the world because positive things are happening in the world. Exactly. And you, I think there's one thing that we do need to know, especially for people who are not very familiar with how algorithms work for platforms, for your phone apps, for your short video sites. If you spend long time watching one negative video, for example, my one of my dear friends who has a cat herself saw this video of a guy abusing the cat the other day and she was absolutely enraged. But if you look at that, 
you watch that video and you share that video to other people to the platform's algorithm you are a consumer you are likely consumer of this type of videos and the platform might likely send you more videos of the same type and then you'll see in your perception of the world everything is about these random people being very cruel to animals mm. and she was really really brought down that day like she was so sad she couldn't sleep she said i kept crying at home and she couldn't like she's like i can't even think about work tomorrow <laughs> i am so how could people like this exist in this world and i'm like as much as i mm. hate this person as well and i think he, this person should be legally punished even severely because i think that's absolutely inhumane to do that to little animals i'm not going to deny the fact that he was not the first person on earth he might not be even the first person at that moment that did the same thing sadly there are people are like that out there so mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. once you yep. get yourself caught up in that emotion you're going to see more of it it could paralyze you it could waste your whole day or even whole week sometimes you're in that kind of emotion and won't be able to come out of it i want to take a lighter touch on this same topic because i use instagram not a lot but i do use it every day for some time yeah and i notice that there's a, a feature and i forget which one but you're it's like a bunch of boxes and you choose from which kind of content you want to see about a month ago or two months ago, I clicked on a Lord of the Rings meme that looked interesting. Mm. And now I get a flood of Lord of the Rings memes all the time, every day. And I'm like, okay, I like Lord of the Rings, but this is too much. <laughs> and so now I'm at the point on my Instagram where I'll see a meme, a tiny little meme not of something. Much. And I'm like, that would be really interesting. But I do not feel like seeing Star Trek Deep Space Nine memes for the next two months. So I'm actually not going to click on it at all mm. because it's going to take over my feed. And so we have to be sensitive that what Whatever you, yeah, exactly what Alex said is exactly right. Whatever you click on a few times, yeah, you're going to start seeing that everywhere. So if you're like, oh gosh, there's a war in such and such country, and then you click on a couple things, that's going to become your life for the next few weeks because it's going to take yeah. over. It's going to, oh, you like that? Here's more of it. Here's more of it. Here's more of it. So and you're you going to see be that. careful yeah. on social media to avoid things that if you go down that route for really deep, is that going to be good for you? And maybe click the kitten instead sometimes. Yeah, save yourself. And also if these things happen, it also helps to diverge your sources of information. If you see something consistently coming up on social media, it might help if you go on other sites or, you know, seek other routes of information mm. to really get to know what this topic is about. For example, like Jason said, if you see there's war in a region, what's the history of this region? Why does war happen? Do something like sort of an academic research, you know, that might actually ease your mind a little bit and just trying to get to know the deep root of something instead of trying to convince yourself or reassure yourself how bad it is right now by watching repeated videos. Because if there's something that you didn't know, all of the content creators on different platforms, um, they actually sort of copy each other and they follow the format of the platform and a lot of the, you know, the pacing, the rhythm and the content preference of these videos are more likely to be very, very similar. And you're kind of just repeating that idea in your mind mm. over and over again. And is that really good for you? Probably not. Given that Alex is a comedian, that I find that when I feel really stressed out from news, the best thing to do is get some comedy. So mm. that's a really good thing to click on if some, you click on more funny things, because that's really, yeah. you know, we all need a little bit of break from the darker side of our world. Mm. And clicking on positive news or comedy can be really just a great relief, even political comedy. Like, what's that gentleman's name? The American comedian. He's skinny and wears all black. I forget his name. John, John Stewart. No, I, I always he's an older guy with a great beard i can't remember his name off the top of my head john stewart oh, oh yeah he's become great but I, I met someone older than him passed away uh, 10 or 20 years ago george carlin that's right george carlin he does political commentary um, but it's funny yeah you're yeah, gonna yeah. laugh so that you know that's fun uh, okay i want to go back to where we started a little bit with the last article which is what inspired me to want to talk about this today when i saw this article mm. it's from golfnews.com eco anxiety and doom scrolling are we too depressed to go green so this mm. is originally where this i got the idea for this conversation yeah. this is by lakshana and palat may 2nd 2023 and Basically, the argument is made in this paper that if you're too obsessed 
with environmentalism and with environmental news that it, it makes you less likely to do something about it. So I want to just a couple things. It is difficult to have a straightforward answer why the green gap mm. persists. The question of what stops people from acting sustainable is too simplistic. So one of the thing, points made in this argument is that, you know, OK, I saw it. Let me take it from a different direction. I did see a meme mm. on Instagram about a week ago, and it was some it was George Costanza from Seinfeld looking down at his paper straw dissolving in his water cup or whatever. Mm. And he's thinking mm. and it has a bubble and he's thinking, why do I need to use a paper mm. straw? And yeah. then above him is a picture of like a, a jumbo jet with a billionaire on it. <laughs> and the point is, there are a lot of other people doing significantly worse damage yeah. to the environment. Think about all the CEO of Walmart has a super yacht, right? That super yacht is doing like yeah. a yeah. thousand times more damage <laughs> to the environment than I am. So sometimes being aware of how bad it yeah. is in cases like that, it feels like, well, um, goodness, I'm just flying, you know, second class in a huge jumbo jet. I'm traveling with 500 other people on the 77 or whatever. Mm. Am I really doing that much damage? Do I have to take, you know, a different medium of transport or whatever? Because look at all the damage like Bill Gates is doing. Look at all the damage that, mm. you know, all these other people are doing. They're doing way worse. You know, okay. Uh, firstly, what Alex said earlier about her friend, I do agree that, you know, none of us, one individual is going to change mm. the entire world by not using a plastic disposable yeah. straw. I do still think we should try not to when we can. Mm. And yes, it is incumbent that, you know, the billionaires who are probably the worst part of the problem and the corporations and the governments, they take action because they have more power over the problem. But the billions of us who can use less single use plastic goods, we can make absolutely small, we can make a lot of difference together collectively. And so, yeah, don't feel like you just ended the world by having a plastic bag one time because someone insisted that you have one when you walk into somewhere a mall with your umbrella and your umbrella is leaking water mm. and they're like no you have to coat it in this plastic yeah okay you know don't feel too bad just do what you can when you can do something but the problem is when we look at the george costanza meme analogy mm. it feels like we're not doing much and so we can get trapped into this feeling like our actions don't matter when our small actions taken together matter. I agree, but I don't, I, again, the same, I think the key message also, or one of the messages is also do what you feel like is right, but don't try to guilt trip yourself or other people if they're not doing as much at the moment. Yeah, I think that is when you get to this unhealthy level. Mm. And that's obsessive. That's a too much that, you know, we need to do what we can when we can, can do it. Mm. And obsessing about every single small detail, you know, I, I'm not green. <laughs> no, my gosh. No, I'm, yeah. I produce a lot of trash. I do use single use plastic goods. Uh, but you know what? I I use less now than I did five years ago. Yeah. I produce less plastic garbage than I did because I'm becoming slowly by taking slow moves and small actions. Mm. I have reduced the amount a little, not to the point where every single, no way, Jason's house looks terrible. You <laughs> like I definitely use a lot of things. I buy more shoes than I need to. I buy more clothes than Same. I need to. But I mean, I also, I am aware of it and I do take small actions that lessen the amount of damage that I'm doing to the environment. And I tried to take the high-speed rail here in China when I can. I only take a plane if it's going to be like yeah. 2,000 miles away. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't want to be on the train for eight hours. I for would, 10 hours. Yeah, exactly. I want to be on a plane for two. Oh, sorry. But if any of the shorter trips where it's going to be mm. a two-hour flight or a three-hour train, I'm on the train. That theoretically for me can come out of mm. solar and all of these other... And then, uh, hey, uh, it's not that bad when I'm uh, my traveling isn't impacting the, the world as bad as it would have. However, mm. I'm doing damage, but I'm lessening that. I'm triaging the, the amount of damage that I'm doing to the environment. Yeah. And then I think compared with a couple of years ago, we're all a lot more aware of garbage recycling, even though a lot of times it's not perfect situation, but at least you will think about is this recyclable or not and put it in the respective bins. So we're, I think little by little, we're getting more aware and as situations allow us to do more, I think people as a whole will do more to protect the environment, but getting overly anxious and dark about it might not be the best answer. If you guys uh, would like to add to this conversation, I imagine many of you do, please email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com or you can just tell me off, Jason, for using single-use plastic goods still. All right. Thank you for your time, Alex. Thank you for your time, listeners. Thank you, Jason. We'll see you next time. 